Hey friends, it's Fred Greenhalgh here, producer and head of audio here at Realm. There's a new show I think you'll be interested in called Ominous Thrill. It's an anthology of character-driven dark fiction. In its next episode, titled Being True, Stuart hits his breaking point and turns to the dark web to order the end of a troublesome client. But the mysterious woman who answers his call proves to have even darker needs of her own. Here's the short preview. You want to know why? Okay. Because I can't live like this anymore. I need this solved once and for all. Then do this yourself. I have fantasized about that so many times. How it would happen. What it would be like. Feel like. I just... I need help. Professional help. Ominous Thrill is out now, everywhere you listen. Who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, You play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels. Hey, guys. I'm Kat. (laughs) And on this episode, we had a fan reach out to us saying that their husband turned them onto the podcast and she's known as the little witch in her family. So (laughs) Melanie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am obsessed. I listen to it every day. I've almost caught up to every episode. And as someone who's experienced, I actually made a note. I think I'm now up to 26 different experiences paranormal experiences i love hearing about others ghost stories and it's just so fun that's so cool and based on like first impressions we can see you over zoom i know our listeners can't i don't think i would ever call you little witch but i'm very (laughs) excited to hear because you're just so sweet and smiley and i i mean witches can be sweet and smiley but i'm very excited not a bad witch right (laughs) but i'm excited to hear these stories thanks well, before we jump into your stories, of course, we want to know where you fall on the believometer. Zero oh. meaning you don't believe in ghosts, and ten ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale? Uh, fifteen. Okay. <laughs> wow, wow, wow! You're like, yes, this is the episode to end your podcast. They are real, is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, it would be really hard for me not to believe in ghosts with everything that I've experienced. Mm-hmm. 
we have only had one or two other people that have broken the scale. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll jump in and, <laughs> and see what makes you such a believer. I know you have a vast array of stories. Why don't we kind of start early on, you know, when you started to realize, hey, I'm a little different than everybody else. I may have some gifts yeah. here that allow me to interact with the supernatural. Sure. Um, so there was one when I was in college, um, I was part of an organization and I was at the University of Kansas and we had a friend who was at Haskell Indian Nation University. And so um, we were over in one of the dorms and we were studying and all of a sudden the lights went out and we would we could hear the footsteps of little kids running through the hallways. And given the history of that school, it's not surprising. Um, and so it was one of those things that I looked at her and she looked at me and we said, did you just hear what I heard? And she said, yep. Um, <laughs> we tried to go back to studying. And of course, it's like 10 o'clock at night. And at that point, we said, you know, maybe we'll go get something to eat. <laughs> and then left. And I just couldn't get it out of my head. And I was trying to rationalize what it could have been but it was a college dorm. There were no little kids on campus in that building. We went out, we went down the hallway, we looked up and down, there was no one there and went back to her room. And she told me, um, she said, yeah, we hear stuff like that all the time, but that was the first time that she had heard, heard kids. There's, there's a lot. <laughs> and Lawrence is one of those towns that it was burnt down to the ground and then rebuilt. So there are there are a lot of ghosts, a lot of paranormal sightings that have been there. Um, so it's not surprising with that one. And then later on, um, I was at a party in downtown Lawrence at a friend of a friend's, and the apartment was a former speakeasy for Susan B. Anthony. And it was this beautiful apartment that had been remodeled. It was a walk-up had this like grand entrance and it looked like you were walking into this meeting hall where she had her living room and then off to the right was the kitchen and then the bedrooms were in the, in the corner. So it's this huge, big space. And I didn't really know anyone because the rest of my friends hadn't arrived yet. So I decided that I was going to sit down on the futon and there's nothing behind the futon. It's just the futon in the middle of the room and I'm sitting there and I have my arm, you know, just up on the back of the couch and I'm just kind of people watching, watching to see if my friends are going to come in. And then all of a sudden I feel something go like this, like, like fingertips along the back of my arm. Mm -mm. Uh-huh. And I look and I was like, okay, who is playing a trick on me? Like, what is going on? Like, I look, there's nothing there. I mean, this house, this apartment is really old. There are no ceiling fans. So it's, I wasn't under a vent. Like there was nothing that could have caused that. But I was like, okay, this is a freak out. It's fine. I'm just going to sit here. And then they move to the other arm and it happens again. And look again, there's no one there. Okay, I'm just going to wait this out. I officially believe in these things now. So let's just go with it and see where it goes from here. Um, then... Um, I feel someone playing with my ear. And then if you can see, like, so I have curly hair. And so they were kind of twisting one of my ringlets with their finger. And then they blew in my ear. Stop. So I was being flirted with by someone invisible. 
I cannot <laughs> even fathom that. Probably somebody from like the fifties when it was okay exactly. to flirt with people. Right. Like exactly. When it, yeah. Yeah. Before me too. You know, yeah. The, the we used to be able to just follow people home with the rocks at their window until they married you. Exactly. You know? All of those things. Yeah. Like, well, I'm curious. So with the hearing the children's footsteps, was there a defining feature of that sound that cued you in that it was children? Um, cause it sounded like smaller footsteps and, mm. um, they were running back and forth and it seemed like gate seemed like it was too small to be people. Um, and then the more and more research that I did on the school and how they had been boarding schools for young first nations, families, boys and girls, kids, mm. and I made the connection, um, after doing some research. So that made a lot of sense. To me of who it would be and then in talking to my friend and talking to her friends who had either gone to the school or had graduated they heard the same thing oftentimes mm. we would see things but we hadn't we didn't see anything we just heard it do you share this opinion with me that children ghosts are just way way creepier and spookier 100 percent than adult ghosts 100 percent, and it's also i think it's the you know being a mom, it's also the the heart wrenching factor because you're like you don't want to think about ghosts as children. You want to yeah. think of them as adults, and so it's even scarier to know that they're still around, they're still here because they weren't able to cross over, or they're just you know trying to figure out what their purpose is, and so that always breaks my heart. But yes, 100%. Child ghosts are incredibly creepy mm -hmm. um, because you think about it from a maturity standpoint when if they die really young they more than likely weren't able to mature and so right. the way that they're communicating with us is the only way that they know how to so and how so would you just in general yeah. explain to someone what a ghost is is it someone trapped is it someone in time continuum kind of stuff explain your theory Yes, yes, and yes. Um, so I've had I've had entities to where I have very vivid dreams where I've had loved ones who have come to me and even talked to me about giving me warnings, talked to me about different wow. things. Um, and so I think there's that presence where they're there, but they come to you when you're most open. Mm -hmm. And so there's that, but then you also have the physical entities. Um, there was a grandmother when we lived in Pittsburgh who lived, who she was in their basement. Uh, she didn't want them selling the house that we were walking around looking at. That I think is that physical manifestation of an actual being that was hanging on to their house for dear life, not wanting to leave. So the unfinished business of whatever she had. But then I also think that, you know, when you have times of intense emotion, then it can create these things that may seem like ghosts, um, almost like the poltergeist or this intense energy that then can manifest into something else. Hmm. So I think that there are a bunch of different things that they could be. And then it, there's also, you know, memories. Mm -hmm. um, so this memories and time that have just been kind of on a loop oh. that end up getting stuck. So I think it can be a bunch of different things. Kind of like deja vu in a way. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. On the up opposite side of that, what would you tell someone important things about their life or how to, you know, continue in their life to avoid becoming a ghost when they die? Yeah. So, or do you it, want to avoid it? 
You know, I, I think it's one of those things that for a long time, I wasn't sure if there was life after death. I'm still not entirely sure. Um, I grew up Jewish. And so there was never really this, we don't believe in hell. And so there was never really this idea, you know, heaven or hell. It's just kind of like, you're here, you're gone. You try to do everything you can in this lifetime mm-hmm. so that you are a mensch, you're a good person, and then you go on. But then after having all of the experience I had, I've had, you know, it's it's hard to <laughs> refute it. Right. Uh, but I would say, you know, you try to do the best that you can in this lifetime, but inevitably it's very possible you could have unfinished business, even if you try to, even if you try to do everything you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, um, if you have an untimely death and you're not able to do the things that you want to do. One of the, sorry, one of the um, stories that you had mentioned in the email, I was really interested in was the one about the veterinarian. Can you share that with oh, us? Yeah. Um, so when we lived in Pittsburgh, um, we had, we moved and we have a dog. Um, he is now hard to believe he's 12. No, he's, let's see, he's 11. He's 11. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a Yorkie poodle shih tzu mix. And um, we had moved and he had never been <laughs> around like ticks or anything. And we had let him out in the backyard. And of course, within the first five minutes of putting his foot down on the grass, he got a tick. And we're like, how do we, what do we do? What do we do? Um, it's like nine o'clock at night. There are no vets open that we know of. And so we were talking to our neighbors across the street who also had dogs. And they said, you know, um, are your neighbor two houses down is a vet. And like, oh, great. Well, maybe we'll go knock on his door and we'll see if he's okay with helping us. He, he was, and we found out that he was at a practice that we were planning on joining. And so he then became Manny's vet. Um, we had a really great relationship. He was one of these really kind, nice guy, would kind of do anything for you. Um, whenever Manny was had a procedure or he was sick, he would bring him stuff home from for us from the office so we didn't have to make the trip. So he was just one of the kind, he's one of the kindest people. Um, and so we had taken Manny in to get um, some teeth pulled and we had, we had seen him, we had seen the vet and he just wasn't looking as, as you know, we normally saw him, he looked tired. Um, we just figured it was, it was during the holidays. So he was probably just really overworked and we had picked up Manny um, and he was <laughs> kind of drowsy after getting some teeth pulled, got him home. We were getting ready to bed, go to, go to bed. And I woke up probably, probably around two o'clock in the morning. And I don't know what, something woke me up and I looked at the, at the foot of the bed into the doorway. And I saw Manny had, he's got his ears fold over, but then when he is, he hears something there at attention, they're standing straight up. And so he is staring at the door with me and I see our vet walk by the the, our door he looks at Manny, they acknowledge each other, he smiles, and then he, and then he walked, continued walking on, and I look at Manny, and I said, what, okay, all right, this has to be a dream, and my husband is asleep, <laughs> um, and I don't really think anything of it, and then the next morning, we find out that he died that night, what and he had been battling an illness that no one knew about and 
he succumbed and he he died around 10 o'clock that night. So he was visiting all of the pets that he took care of on our street one last time before he passed on. Wow. First off, I'm just, I'm always captivated by these stories, clearly, because I have never experienced anything like that. Noah, other than Jawas, (laughs) you have not either. (laughs) No, nothing like that. Um, That's so sweet if he's going around saying goodbye to all the animals. You know how you go for a walk? I'm assuming everybody does this. And you see a dog and you only talk to the dog and you don't talk to the owner. Yeah, I only talked like I'm, he didn't even want to say bye to you or he was no. just like your dog I came for Manny no 100% I mean whenever we saw him even when he was alive it was like you know Manny was his friend he would talk to him first he'd like you know crouch down he'd you know rub his head and he would talk to him and so they had a very special relationship clearly did you ever find out if or figure out if you were asleep or awake either way it's amazing because he died yeah, I mean he, um I was definitely day. awake I was definitely awake because I couldn't go back to sleep after that. Wow. <laughs> so it was like, okay, if I'm not, if I'm, and I looked at my phone and I was like, okay, wait, what is going on? And I was pinching, you know, you know, pinching yourself. You're like, okay, is this really like, you know, hitting yourself in the face? And it was just, <laughs> I was awake. And were the lights on? Like you could tell it was him. You could see him. Yeah. And it was crazy because it was, you know, they say that when, when someone passes and they pass on, that usually when you see them, they are in the state when you first met them or where they're no longer in pain. And he just looks so happy and he just looks so healthy. And it reminded me of when we first met him. That's so he was it seemed to be at peace. That's really lovely. I do find it interesting how there are like two types of people. One type who talks to dogs and you know, animals in general, cats, like their people, you know, like you just have full on <laughs> conversations. And there are the other people who just stare at you like, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your time? And I'm, I'm happy that I fall on the side that has like full on conversations with yes. my dogs. But I have definitely seen people who just don't get it. Or they'll be like, you know, I, I got a dog last week. Dogs are pretty great. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. where have you been for 40 years? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, it's, it's the that. relationship is so important because Manny has been, I mean, I rely a lot on him. He's kind of his, of his sense. And so if he's acting in a certain way, I always follow him and he mm-hmm. was our first baby. So, you know, he, he was our child before we had our, our actual our human child. It always, I mean, everybody that has an animal has those moments where the dog or cat is like, following something Mm -hmm. and you're like is it a bug is it something we can't hear and if I ever sleep by myself in the bed my cat Matt who is attached to my hip is in the bed like on guard I have to sleep with the door cracked or closed because it freaks me out to see like a wide open black space and the other night he was just like at attention ears up I mean it was regular bedtime there were no noises the lights were off the only thing I could think is the vacuum was in the kitchen. He's scared of vacuums, but either he saw the vacuum or something was out there. But I, it, anyways, that's amazing. Cause then you have Manny who is like a second. Yeah. I mean, you sound like a medium to me. I don't know about, you know, but everything, everything you're, you're, you're very sensitive to that world. And I feel like animals are the same. So it's almost like you and Manny have this communication 
yeah. about that side of the world, which is a whole other podcast about animals <laughs> and their intuition, but I sure. am fascinated sure. by it. Yeah, I'm like, I, th- I say I'm like medium-ish because um, I can't really control when I get messages. They mm-hmm. just kind of happen. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely, definitely interesting. <laughs> so you said that you have seen, you know, more than one apparition. And I know it kind of, you, you said it, that started happening once you got a little older in life. What were some of the other ghosts or spirits that you have seen? So there's a two-parter. So um, I also definitely believe that, you know, whether it's spirits, whether it's our heightened intuition, whether it's certain things. Um, when I was in when I was in school, um, we went to Kansas City to go salsa dancing at our favorite club. And I didn't drink when I was in college and I don't really <laughs> drink a lot now, but I was always the designated driver. And um Hopefully my mom is not hearing this, but we would drive back at like, we, me, I drive us back at like two o'clock in the morning. And it was an hour drive from Kansas city to Lawrence. And I won't, I'll never forget. There was one time that I was driving and all of it, and it was pitch black. We were on the high five. So it's really high up on the highway. Um, and something yelled at me, but quietly get over you need to get over in your le- into the next lane. And in front of, to the side of me was a buck. And had we stayed in that lane, I would have hit that buck head on. Hey friends, it's Fred Greenhalgh here, producer and head of audio here at Realm. There's a new show I think you'll be interested in called Ominous Thrill. It's an anthology of character-driven dark fiction in its next episode titled Being True, Stuart hits his breaking point and turns to the dark web to order the end of a troublesome client. But the mysterious woman who answers his call proves to have even darker needs of her own. Here's a short preview. You want to know why? Okay. Because I can't live like this anymore. I need this solved once and for all. Then do this yourself. I have fantasized about that so many times. How it would happen, what it would be like, feel like. I just, I need help. Professional help. Ominous Thrill is out now, everywhere you listen. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., 
Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Wow. And for those who may not know, a, a buck is a male deer. <laughs> a very tall male deer. A yeah. buck naked man. Yeah. Buck naked man. That too. I mean, it's very possible. Very I don't possible. know. I mean, I know our podcast, like there are people in a bunch of different countries and stuff too. I, I was just thinking like that may be one of those words that doesn't translate. That's true. It's, that's a very, very tall deer that would have done a lot of damage yeah. to my car and myself and my passengers. And that's so such an unsettling like feeling when you see, because I, I grew up up in the southeast and even where we just moved not uh maybe last week i would say i was leaving the my home and i almost hit a doe uh which is a female deer uh that was rather large now dear (laughs) and um and man it's something about you know there it's it's kind of majestic when you see them late at night like that to step out on the road but it's super scary because it's dangerous yeah for sure. So, did I miss, are you from Kansas? No, I'm from Dallas. Okay, no, I remember you saying But that. I went to school, I went to school in Kansas, spent a lot of time in Kansas. Um, JJ's and- from Kansas, from nice. McPherson. I feel like JJ always misses the episodes when we have Kansas. He today. always does. <laughs> I know. It sounds like Lawrence yeah. is like maybe two hours, two and a half hours from where he grew up. So nice. That's yeah. that's a far away in Kansas terms, I think. It is for hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> it Definitely. took me like a year and a half of episodes to realize that JJ didn't grow up Amish. I don't know why. I just convinced myself. <laughs> and after saying it on like four episodes, I was finally like, okay, he didn't grow up Amish. Almost like Mennonite adjacent ish. Yeah. 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 Exactly. He would probably describe it. Exactly. Yeah. So um, you had this disembodied voice that told yes. you to get out of the and way. I had of to move deal. over, got out of the way. Um, there's that. Um, as far as like the full-on apparitions, I think probably the one that was the craziest um, was actually in, it was in Kansas, or let's see, yeah, it was in, it was in Lawrence, um, it's a lot in Lawrence, um, at the Eldridge Hotel, is one of the most haunted hotels um, in the city. That I sounds was, so familiar, Eldridge. beautiful, hotel. the Eldridge is famous, um, it's, a, it's a really cool hotel. And I stayed there with my mom. Um, we had, we were moving, I was moving back to Texas and we were staying there before we were driving back from Kansas to Texas. And I went out to get ice and I see this woman, like as clear as I'm seeing both of you, she's in a wedding dress and she's crying. No, what happened? And so I walked over and I was walking towards her and walking towards her and she, I said, are you okay? Can I help you? And I was trying to engage with her and she looked at me and then walked into the wall. Oh gosh. Oh, <laughs> maybe she was just late for Hogwarts. <laughs> Stop. Yes. 
and I get back and, and I, I, I didn't get ice needless to say um wait that sounds like when we had amanda on the podcast and she was like this guy was going really slow when i held the door for him oh, and yeah. then he just walked <laughs> through the door like, you guys how can you not tell they are ghosts i'm i will never understand <laughs> well like i said i mean she looked i mean she the, the, she wasn't transparent until she wow. went through the wall <laughs> and walked did and she I like, like mom did, I, I just saw a woman <laughs> in a wedding dress and she's crying and she's like oh okay is she okay it's like she's a ghost did she like like, you would you would see (laughs) little witch (laughs) did she give you any like looks like get away from me or you don't know me I mean it was it was really tragic like I couldn't and I I asked the front desk and they they didn't have a backstory on her um, either they did or they just weren't going to share. Um, but to me, it kind of seemed from the vibe that I got from her intuitively with the story that I was putting together for her was that she was jilted and something happened. And either she killed herself or something happened to the person that she was going to marry. And so you've she- had all these experiences. Does it always <laughs> kind of shock you a little bit when they still happen? Or have you kind of gotten to where you accept that this is part of your life? So, um, I mean, I'm, I think I'm pretty accepting at this point. It's kind of, you know, my my friends will introduce me as Little Witch, La Brujita, and then they'll also be like, yeah, she's that person. If you want to talk to her about ghost stories, you know, she does tarot reading. She does all sorts of things. I'm the weird but fun friend. And my husband thinks it's really entertaining. Um, for example, we went to Michigan. I was working for a school in Pittsburgh and I was recruiting at a, at a university in Michigan. And my husband's from Michigan. And he decided that he wanted to take me to his old neighborhood. What he didn't tell me was that there were a lot of people that were murdered in his neighborhood. Oh gosh, um, that yeah. feels like something he should have told you yeah. way sooner. I it would be fun to see if I felt anything without telling me. Mm. And I did. And I got out of the car and I looked at him and I said, this is not funny. Um, I felt like I was being like pulled across the street. I was standing in the middle of the street, like pulled across the street to an empty lot behind me. And so, you know, found out there are a bunch of people that were killed and buried in the forest back there. Um, there was a lot of really bad negative energy and he knew all about it. <laughs> I'm like, why did you bring me here? He's like, I wanted you to see where I grew up. And I was like, yes, clearly we're a bunch of people, you know, <laughs> so it's stuff like that where, you know, I think he has a really good sense of humor about it. And I have a pretty good sense of humor about it. It's one of those that if I, I'm, I have the ability to say that if I don't want to experience things, I can ask for it. But and you have a young child. How yeah. are you, how are you, or will you explain to your child these mm. gifts that you have? Good question. So that's a great question. And actually she is very gifted herself. Oh yeah. Yeah. She mm. has, um, so she's five and she has an amazing relationship with my grandfather who passed away before she was born. Hmm. So he told me, um, I had a dream when I was pregnant that he was going to protect her and be with her for the rest of her life. And she's named after him. 
And um, she would see him, she'd see him, he would walk her down the stairs so that she wouldn't fall down the stairs. Um, she would point to him at a very young age and say, abuelo, abuelo. Like she would recognize him and she would light up when she saw pictures of him. And to, I mean, until, <laughs> I would say probably until like Coco, um, until um, Encanto, like these movies just kind of like solidified for her that they were no longer living. Mm. Um, and so now she understands. But for the longest time, she thought my grandfather lived in a different house and he would just come visit. And she and I were the only, but didn't realize that she and I were the only ones that could see him. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's really special. That's so special. Yeah. Thank you. So I, I don't want her to be afraid of it. And so I, you know, just try to explain it to her in the best way that I can. I don't want her to be scared. Mm -hmm. um, I want her to feel protected. And so I also make sure that, you know, when I do cleansings of our home that I make sure that I double cleanse for her for her room and for her playroom and mm -hmm. areas that she spends the most time in to make sure that it's only positive loving supportive energy right so yeah. well you're talking to two people whose inner children need to be healed and not so fearful of death right Noah <laughs> absolutely yeah, number one so fear well used to be my number one fear before I had a kid now I just worry about all the things that come with having a kid all the time. But second on that list is uh, death, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's normal. I mean, I, I do too. I mean, I'm, I know that, yeah, there's a possibility that there is something after after life. and But we don't know for sure because we're all still here. Well, that's interesting because you're <laughs> right. a 15 on the scale. So what is it that is keeping you from taking that leap? I think it's that, you know, unknowing of, of how, of who it happens to, you know, mm -hmm. like you have to wonder, I like know. Why are you not seeing ghosts everywhere? It's, all the time. Exactly. Right. Why am I only seeing certain people? And I know that, um, I know that I'm super sensitive. And so for me, it makes, it makes sense to me that I see people more often. I don't get to choose who I see. And so when I've asked, you know, when I've asked, so why, why are you still around? It's that they're still here, but they're here because they want to help. And, but they, but I'm not keeping them here. Cause that was the thing that I was the most concerned with is when I would hear from my loved ones who have passed on, you know, why are you still here? Like, am I keeping you here? Cause I don't want to keep you here. And I'm like, no, 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 we're, we're where we are and where we are is wonderful. Um, but, you know, we still want to check in. Right. Wow. Yeah, I guess it's just difficult. I mean, I don't think necessarily we will probably ever have those answers 100%. I know there are yeah. people that believe that they have a real grasp on what happens, whether they are people that are, you know, truly religious, you know, that preach or whatnot, or, you know, even mediums that we've had on our podcast that feel like they have a pretty good grasp on what happens mm -hmm. after we pass mm -hmm. but because it is something that is experienced by people who are no longer here i think even if you have a little skepticism it's probably hard to dive into full belief which i know that for myself this podcast has made me a believer in ghosts but i i still you know gun to my head if i had to click yes or no do i believe i don't know if i could click yes because of the unknown factor that's a little hard for me yeah that makes sense i can click yes pretty 
pretty intensely on our human brains just cannot fully grasp this universe and this world and all the things that happen in it. That's where my hard yes is. I don't know if I can label it a specific thing um, that's definitely greater than anything we've discovered, or maybe it has been discovered and we don't know about it yet. Exactly. I mean, I think that it's very possible to believe that there is something afterlife, Mm -hmm. but you just don't know exactly what it is. So it's hard to definitively say what it is because we don't know what it is, but there has to be something right them to these individuals to keep coming back. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard to really say yes or no. And in that same conversation, it's, I know, you know, a lot of people are really confident in naming it. And that's beautiful too, because once it has a name, whether it be like your religion or this or that, or ghost or, you know, whatever it is for you, in my head, it's all the same. And you're able to hone in like your mindset towards it, your prayers towards it, your energy towards it. And that makes it really greater for you and your heart, which I think is beautiful. Thank you. I feel like the three of us could talk really deeply about this stuff for a while. (laughs) It feels so good to talk about it. I don't know. Well, as we are kind of getting up on our time, is there a final story you wanted or a thought you wanted to leave our audience with? Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, I would say probably one of my favorites most recently actually happened uh, on New Year's Day. We So when I was little, um, so I'm Cuban and uh, my grandfather would, he was not the best cook. He would like make me eggs, boiled <laughs> eggs when I would stay with them. But um, I've been drinking coffee since I was little. Uh, my mom actually put it in my bottle. <laughs> which explains a lot. Um, And uh, so he taught me how to make Cuban coffee. And I was thinking about him and how much I missed him. And we had been talking about him. And uh, my daughter and I were going to play some dominoes and because that's his favorite game. And I was I made my coffee. And I um, sat down and I was I took I was about to take a sip and our back door slammed open and slammed close. And I was like, Feliz Año Nuevo, Abuelo. Happy New Year. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you sure it wasn't just all the sugar in the coffee? I mean, it's very possible. It's very possible. <laughs> I was just, because Cuban coffee is so good. I didn't realize how much sugar was in that, that shot oh, yeah. of Cuban coffee. Because <laughs> it's so strong, you need to have a little bit. But it was kind of one of those, like, Normally, if my back door slams open and close, I would probably freak out. But it was one of those like, okay, I get it. You're here. Yeah. <laughs> You've made your presence known. Um, Happy New Year to you too. Does that feel it's- true to his personality? <laughs> um, I definitely think that, you know, it was, it was, he was very much in life, um, I got really upset when he, when I didn't hear from him a lot after he passed, because um, I would hear from other people. And I was convinced that because we were so close that I was going to hear from all the time. And I didn't. And I would only hear from him in times when I really needed him. Um, If I was having like a medical procedure, or if I was scared, or if I was having something major happen in my life, he was there, which was very much how he was when he was in life. And um, I had been seeing my therapist and we were talking about it. And she said, you know, what, I don't know what you would think 
that he would change in in death to how he was in life. Because if he, you know, if he was very, he was, I wouldn't say he was hands off, but he wanted to be respectful and didn't ever feel like he was bothering me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think this one was just kind of like, all right, I'm here. I want to say hello. (laughs) Hello, goodbye. I figured out how to communicate. I figured out how to open the door. And this is how we're doing it. (laughs) And and I honestly could could picture him because I almost feel like it closed a lot louder than he wanted it to. So I could almost see his face being like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean to make that much noise. So as being a Cuban individual, did you grow up with both Catholic and Jewish influence or how did that work for you? So we are, so my ancestors are from Spain. They were in Spain during the Spanish Inquisition. And so they decided instead of converting or dying, they decided they were going to leave. So they were mm. Jewish. So my family are Spanish Spanish uh, Jews from Spain. Oh, wow. And they went from Turkey to Cuba, Cuba to the United States. And then United States is where we are. That's so cool. Yeah, I have um, been lucky enough to have several Cuban friends um, that moved to Atlanta from Miami. So I've gotten to know a lot about, you know, like Cuban culture and things that I wasn't aware of prior. And one of the things I found interesting is, um, you know, they'll like have their homes blessed when they move into yes. a home and, and things of that nature. And that wasn't something I was aware of before getting to know them. Um, yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. If you see my wall, so I have evil eyes, and Hamsa's hand of God, Hamsa's. I have them everywhere. They have I have them on on every. Um, we have a mezuzah on every outward facing door. Mm-hmm. We have Hamsa's evil eyes all over the house, just because you can never have too much protection. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Chain, stickers, car magnets, all of it. All the seriously, all the things. Good. I like it. <laughs> Bracelet. I mean, you know, everywhere. Well, is there anywhere that our audience can reach out to you if they want to contact you about this episode sure. or anything you want to promote? Yeah, um, I do. Um, I'm, so I have a couple different things that I do. Um, I have been reading tarot cards for about 12 years. Um, I do oracle readings. I do virtual readings. Um, I also do coaching. So I've been had a lot of my friends come come out of the woodwork and say, hey, I've been feeling these things and experiencing these things. And I have been noticing that there are more abilities in the artist's experiences. And so I actually started doing more spiritual coaching. So I've been working with a lot of people to kind of help them to discover their gifts, to talk through what the future could look like, answer questions. So that's something that I've been doing, which I've been loving. Um, but I have a my one of my clients was like, you know, you should be on Instagram. And I was like, oh, I guess I should be on Instagram. I don't know. So I just started an Instagram page. Um, it's intuitive readings with Mel. And um, my email address is on there if anyone has any questions. Um, but yeah, I'm always happy to chat with anyone if they have questions about my experiences or if they want to. I love to hear ghost stories. I'm hoping to host a virtual story. Uh, a uh, virtual uh, ghost story session with some friends um, in October for spooky season. Fun. Oh, fun. That sounds amazing. We love spooky season. Yes, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all day, every day. But it, it, you know, specifically spooky season of October. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Kat, did you have any more questions before we get out? 
I don't think so, but I do feel like you're going to be the kind of person we want to bring back on. Please do. Yeah. About like Thank recent, you. since this happens all the time and it will seemingly continue to happen for you. So would love to stay in touch. Yeah. Really appreciate you. you sharing these stories. Of course. Thank you so, so much. This has been so wonderful. Like I said, ghost stories are like one of my favorite things in the world. Um, and I love being able to share what, to, what I've experienced and, you know, for, for those out there, um, who have experienced things, it can be really scary. And, um, my message to anyone is that it, it is scary, but there's usually a reason behind it. And just as so many of people that you've brought on have said, it's also the energy you put towards it. So the more scared you are, the you're going to have more of more than likely a, yeah. a response. So um, I'm always happy to chat with anyone about their experiences as well. With that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Kat. I'm Melanie. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, the podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. I bring you two episodes a week. Every Monday, I cover something from a wide variety of topics, covering everything from feminist faves throughout history like Audre Lorde, listener coming out stories, and other hot-button topics like toxic masculinity and the Me Too movement as well as plenty feminist history, the good and the controversial. And then every Friday, I bring you a mini What's in the News episode to keep you up to date with everything that's going on today in the world. And with over 580 episodes available to you right now, there's plenty of good stuff to listen to. You can listen to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rage on. Bye. Bye.